our series this morning. Uh, I'll be reading from the King James Version. No amens this morning to that. I see. I love what the King James did with this verse, by the way. So that's why I'm using it this morning. Number one. Number two is I just sometimes I just uh, just just share a little bit. Sometimes I want my Bible to sound differently than how we we talk normally. I I mean, sometimes I just want my Bible to sound different. Um, So I've been I've been reading a lot of King James, but primarily I just really like what they did with this verse um, that we're going to look at today. So uh, but let's read the entire uh, let's read uh, six verses. uh, uh, Again, we'll start in verse uh, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery arrows or darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Um, we're going to look at verse 18 this morning. Um, and technically, verse 18, uh, if you were just to be, if you just read through this, technically it looks like verse 18 really is, is not connected to verses 10 through 17. Um, it, 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 and the reason being is, in, if, you, if you've been following and reading, um, starting in verse 14, when he's talking about the armor, he makes comparisons. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. When he comes to 18, there's no associated armor with prayer. He doesn't say, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the arm shield of prayer or anything. So there's no connection uh, or no comparison being made between prayer and any part of the armor. So it appears as though verse 18 is disconnected. That it's really not part of verses uh, 10 through 17. Um, but grammatically, it is a part of verses 10 through 17. And, and one of the reasons why I, I liked what the King James did is they retained the participles uh, in verse 18. There are two participles in verse 18. Look, look with me again at the verse. And they begin by, the, which I like what they did, praying always or praying at all times, more literally, but praying. And, and in, in our English translations... How do we identify participles for the most part? I-N-G. Now, are participles, here, here's, here's a clue. The vast majority of the times, participles are not the main idea of a passage. Do they teach you that in precepts? Participles, because, by the way, I, I've got a pop quiz for all my precept people. You three, so get ready. You're ready to go. There, Julie's going, bring it, bring it. <laughs> Participles are, are almost never the main idea of a passage. Participles modify main verbs. So if you want to look for 
if you want to look for a main theme of a passage, of a text, you want to look for the main verbs. But participles are not main verbs. Participles modify main verbs. So, there are two. Uh, in, in verse 18, there are two participles. And the first one is praying. And then the second one is watching or keeping alert. Now, it's interesting. Most of our translations translated these participles as what we call an attendant circumstance. In other words, you can't even tell the participles because it's, it's like another command. Uh, and, and I would be fascinated to know why they did that. Um, I don't know why they did that. One translation ma- maintained the, in the English the ING thing, maintained it for praying, but they didn't maintain it for the keeping alert or for the watching or keeping. Uh, again, I, I don't know why they would do that. That's why I, I just love what the King James did in retaining at least in the English translation, this, this connection. Because, again, verse 18 appears to be disconnected from the, the other uh, armor and the spiritual warfare. But grammatically, these particles, participles refer all the way back, really, to the, the main verb in 14. Verse 14. On standing firm. By praying and by watching. So, all that is to say, I, I'm going to keep reminding us of these things that when you read the Bible, when you read your Bible, you start taking notice of these things. You start looking for the main verbs. You start looking for these for these participles and how they're used. Um, So I argue that verse 18 is still part of this spiritual armor. It is still part of uh, spiritual warfare. Um, And it is arguably, as I put up here on the screen, arguably now that I, I argue for the case that this is our really the only offensive weapon. And, and, and the reason I argue that is it's connected to the other armor, but because it's not associated with armor, this is not a defensive weapon. That this is our only offensive weapon. Um, and, and the reason being is because there's no defensive armor associated with it. So, that's why I came up with this means war. Uh, this is our offensive weapon. Now, let me just tell you right off the bat, I know what you're expecting. You're expecting, okay, I need to pray more. Got it. Now, my goal is not, is not to uh, encourage us to pray more. That's not my goal. My goal this morning is to get us to pray more aggressively, to pray more confidently, and pray more consistently. So not just pray more, but pray more aggressively, pray more confidently and pray more consistently. All right? So, Paul issues a, I believe, an, an urgent call to militant prayer. Uh, and that's what we're going to look at this morning, militant prayer, militant being uh, engaged in warfare. So, if we do warfare prayer, it is not uh, some canned uh, phrase that we, uh, that we sing, that we sing that we pray against the devil, but quite the opposite. Again, there are two participles, praying and watching. Those are the two going to be the two keys. Okay, now, precept people, pop quiz. Dan looked up too. One of the things that in precept that they train them to do, and, and of course, a long story, but um, they didn't, precept didn't take any of my suggestions, by the way, when it, what I suggested to precept is this, that the higher level classes, they stop giving you the answers and have you just do it rather than give you all the answers. So you're going to do that this morning. When you look for a key word, 
because that's one. I'll give you that answer. One of the things you look, you first look for are keywords. What's one rule for identifying what a keyword is? Re- repetition. Are you in precept? You have been, because all the precept people did say that. Repetition. There's a few others, but it's repetition. Words that are repeated typically are important keywords. There, are, there's a word that's that's. Well, let me just ask you, what is a keyword in verse 18? One verse. Tom, Tom, would you like extra credit too? I know. <laughs> uh, isn't it interesting? In one verse, there's the adjective "all" is mentioned four times. I think that might be important. Yeah, yeah. Not just in. It'd be four times in four verses would be a lot, but four times in one verse. So what we're going to do is is um, we're going to let these four all serve as our outline, okay? Four all will serve as our outline about militant prayer. The first all is pray or praying. By praying, we engage in spiritual warfare by praying at all times. This is the what of militant prayer with all prayer and supplication. So the what of militant prayer is all prayer and supplication. Now, what does that mean? Um, here is where I think we need, to, we need to insert a word for it to make sense in English. And I would say we probably need to insert the word kinds. In other words, all kinds of prayers. Um, all kinds of prayers and supplications. This is something that, that we do frequently with the adjective all in, in our New Testaments. For instance, uh, turn to 1 Timothy 6.10. Let me just give you, a, this is a classic example. Um, 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of... Of all, this literally, it's the root of all evils. What are what do our, a lot of our translations do? Of what? Of all evils, all kinds of. The word "kind" is not in the Greek text. It's not the root of all evils. It's the root of all kinds, all different kinds of evils. Is the sense of it? And so I think that's the same thing with this prayer. All kinds of prayers and supplications. Turn to first back to First Timothy chapter two. Go back to First Timothy chapter two, verse one. The very same construction that we see in Ephesians. First Timothy two one. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, does that mean? All men, every single individual person. So when I pray, I've got to get out the the world white pages and pray for every single person. What's the sense of it? To pray for all kinds of all kinds of people. In fact, the following verse says that for kings and for all that are in authority. So we we're to pray for all kinds of people. Not not just our friends, not just our family, but for 
our leaders and for, for uh, people, other people, all kinds of people is the sense of it. So I think that's what Paul is probably talking about in, in Ephesians 6, as he's saying, I want you to pray with all kinds of prayers and supplication. In, in fact, he, he, he links these two words quite frequently. We see this in, in Philippians 4, 6, and in fact, we see it right here in chapter 2, verse 1. Um, all supplications, prayers, and intercessions. In fact, this verse gives us some ideas of different kinds of prayers we are to pray. What are they? Supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of, and giving of thanks. So these, these, these aren't comprehensive either, but Paul is just saying these are the kinds of prayers that you should be praying. In, in other words, when we think about prayer, we don't just sit down and ask God for stuff. That's part of it. Part of it, as he says, is our supplications. Supplications is typically praying for your needs. This is for things that we need. So if you pray for your family um, and, and your needs as a family, these would be your supplications. This would be give us this day our daily bread. This is a personal supplication. Then he says prayers. And, and again, he may have combined these two words to form one idea. Basically, I want you to do... Prayers and supplications. In other words, prayers are attached to supplications. Prayer typically, though, is just a, a, a more broad, general term. That under prayers, we see intercession, thanksgiving, adoration, confession, uh, under the broad term of prayers. So he says, first of all, I want you to pray all kinds of prayers in your spiritual warfare, which is praying for your needs and your requests. Also, just other general prayers, which would include intercessions. What's intercession? Yeah, praying for other people. Um, uh, we found out this morning, was it this morning? Late last night, we, yeah, we were already in bed. Uh, Jacob, uh, Kelsey's little boy, uh, broke his leg, has a broken leg. And uh, so I guess he's going to need surgery. Yeah. Uh, although the, the, the ER, the, the, the ambulance take, didn't take him to the hospital, so I'm not sure. Yeah, they let Kelsey drive him, so I don't know. But in any event, seventh surgery at 11. So it's bad enough to set the bone. So let's, uh, let's do that. Let's intercede. And let's, uh, so one of you pray for Jacob and uh, his surgery this morning. Amen. Intercession, praying for others. Uh, we pray for, for, for Jacob. Um, he says, thanksgivings, giving of thanks. Typically, we don't think of that in, as part of our prayer, nor do we think of that in terms of spirit, spiritual warfare, in, in terms of an offensive weapon against spiritual warfare. How would be having a giving of thanks 
be a weapon of warfare against the enemy. Any ideas? Okay, focus in the right place. Good. Keeps you humble. Because, yeah, he wants to use all these things to, right, to get us down. And as, as, as we develop a heart of thanks, um, which sometimes is hard to do, um, we, we resist his, his attempts to make us depressed or bitter or angry or um, we give thanks. So, good. All of those things. Um, confession. And you didn't list that here, but that was one. Psalm 51 is the classic one. Um, I, I, I will say one of the things that's helped me in my prayer life um, is I, I, I got this. Uh, Sal first introduced it to me, and I found out my, my kids, two of my kids have it. Um, as well, it's called the Valley of Vision. These are prayers of, uh, of Puritans. And he, he has one on, um, it, it's called Contrition. Um, in fact, let me see if I can find it here real quick. Um, it's, it's one I pray a lot. L- let me just give you an idea. Sometimes uh, we, we, we lack a, a vocabulary for prayer. Uh, and, and we find if you find yourself praying the same thing over and over again, using the same words over and over again, sometimes these can help. Now, sometimes some people have have an issue with with rewritten prayers that they think somehow it's I don't know. Uh, as long as you make it your own, I think it's great. It g- gives you another voice. For instance, um, let me just read part of this: "Of I have sinned, I am alien to thee. My head my head is deceitful and wicked. My mind." An enemy to thy law. Yet in my lostness thou hast laid help on the mighty one, and he comes between to put his hands on us both. My mediator, whose blood is my peace, whose righteousness is my strength, whose condemnation is my freedom, whose spirit is my power, whose heaven is my heritage. Um, grant that I may feel more the strength of thy grace in subduing the evil of my nature, in loosing me from the present evil world, in supporting me under the trials of life and enabling me uh, to, to have a conscience void of offense before thee, before men, in, in letting go of earthly concerns. So, so these are things that can, that can help us and help you uh, in terms of a, a, a vocabulary and a voice for, for, for different kinds of prayers. Um, I have another one that, that I use that, that's morning and evening. I, I alternate between the two. Uh, don't use it every day, um, but when I when I need a voice, when I need some help expressing some of these things, I, I use these. So I, I can I commend those to you. So the what of a prayer? He says all kinds of prayers, supplications, confessions, intercessions, thanksgiving, adoration. The Psalms are great for adoration. We. Part of prayer is we adore Him for who He is. We worship Him for who He is. So, the what of militant prayer? All kinds of prayers and supplications in our spiritual warfare. Back to Ephesians 6. The second all. Praying at all times. This is the when of militant prayer. Praying at all times or praying always. You may say, that's unrealistic. I have to go to work. I have to go to school. Um, I can't pray all all the time, at all times. Um, The sense of it is, again, is what? Pray at all times? What what could you insert there? 
Yeah, all different kinds of times. All available times. I, th- I think um, if I were to translate this, I would translate this to pray at any and every opportunity. To pray at all times. Not just once when it's quiet. To pray at all times. Um, to pray um, to pray often and pray repeatedly. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Obviously, at work, you, you know, you, you're, you're thinking about work and school. And, but, yeah, I like that, you know, this, 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 this attitude. And, and you're prepared to pray at any time. Um, all different times, at any opportunity. Uh, obviously, First Thessalonians 5.18, pray, what? Continually. He's not saying every single second. But as a way of life, prayer, in order to do war, is to pray continually. A spirit of prayer. He's calling us. Here, here's the thing that, that I've been working on since I kind of started studying this passage. He's calling us to a fundamental reorientation of how we use our time. Um, you're not going to be able to just tack this on to your normal day. I've tried. You can't, you've got. You've got. You're going to have to make some fundamental reorientations of how you use your time. You're going to make some fundamental orientations of how much time you spend on Twitter or your or Snapchat or TikTok. I don't know what's what's the what's all the YouTube, whatever. You have to set that down a little bit more, and 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 use that time to pray. Turn the TV off maybe a little more. Let me let me just say this too. Even in driving in my car, I I, I have a tendency to turn music. I got to have music or talk shows. I got to have something going on all the time. What I'm trying to force myself to do. What a great time to pray while you're driving in your car. Turn it all off and pray. Um, again, th- th- this is what I think he's calling us to is to a fundamental reorientation of how I use my time, and it's been very challenging for me. Because as you know, we get into habits, and habits are hard to break. Um, so I don't know about you, but I have to come up with a system. I need a plan. I need stuff like this to help me. Um, but one of the one of the things through through that the Lord really convicted me of is that I need to be praying for you guys on a weekly basis. But I need a plan. To do that, so what I've done is I've come up. I encourage you to come up with a plan of how to do this, how to, to pray continually. I've come up with a three five three by five card system, and I've divided everybody's names up into the days of the week, Monday through Friday. So anybody want want to know what I'm going to pray? Praise your hand. I'll tell you what I'm praying for you about. <laughs> Dan, let's see here. You and Cindy are on. Uh... <laughs> All right, let's see here. Where's Cindy? I got something else to start praying, by the way, just now. No, I I show you this just to give you an idea. Come up with a plan. Um, Something that's systematic, something that will help you. But we can't just read this and, and go about life as we've always done it. When he says, I want you to pray at all times. Um. I can't read that. I couldn't, I couldn't in, in integrity read that, preach that, and then not do it. 
Um, I, so I'm working at it. Okay, I'm, I, I'm coming up with systems to help me. I'm learning to put things down. I go up in my room uh, all by myself. So, so it, it means driving in your car. Now, it doesn't mean that every single second of every single time in your car you, you pray. Uh, but maybe, maybe, if you, maybe your drive in, drive to work in the morning, that's going to be my prayer time, my morning prayer time, um, or my drive home. And, and I, I, I commit that time to prayer. So, so you have times during the day, maybe at lunch break. You say at, at lunch break, twice a week. Start small, twice a week, once a week. I'm going to take one lunch break and, and spend that time in prayer. Um, I'm just saying, uh, we, we can't just read this and, and, and fill out an outline. We, this really is a challenge to, to reorient how we use our time. Um, in terms of prayer especially. Uh, so he says, pray at all times with all prayer and supplication. And, there, and then this, this, uh, this clause, in the Spirit. Now, it's, it's, it's hard to know, and, and, and our translations do different things with this, it's hard to know how to take this, um, this clause uh, in the Spirit, this prepositional phrase, in the Spirit. In other words, is he saying, I want you to always pray in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication? Or is he saying, um, I want you to pray at all times with all prayer and supplications and, and in the Spirit? Um, it's hard to know, and our translations do different things. I tend to think that it's probably connected. In other words, he's saying, Every time you pray, you, know, you need to, with all kinds of prayers and petitions, you need to pray in the Spirit. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean uh, in the Spirit? Does that mean uh, tongues? Or what, what's commonly called tongues? Does that mean uh, some kind of private prayer language? These are all things that people have, have put forth. Some kind of private prayer language in the Spirit. Um, is, is it... Is that I, I, I sit and, and empty my mind and wait for impressions, for, for the Spirit to give me impressions um, or feelings or some kind of promptings. Um, it's difficult to know. I, 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 would, I would suggest that it's none of those things. And, and I would appeal to other texts for that. I think the, the best for me is, uh, is to say independence upon the in the Spirit means independence upon the Spirit, that I am dependent upon the Holy Spirit when I pray. And which, which begs the question, well, how do I know if I'm doing that? Um, I think it's a, it, it's a, it has to be a conscious, um, a conscious, rely, conscious reliance upon the Holy Spirit. And, and what I'm trying to do is, I, and I'm, is I'm just trying to almost verbally say it out loud. That Spirit, I'm, I'm dependent on you. I'm depending on you to lead and guide me in my prayers. And then as I pray, I, I just believe that whatever I'm praying is what he wants me to pray. I'm not, I'm not seeking a voice. I'm not seeking an impression. I'm not seeking anything like that. I'm just simply cogniz- uh, you know, consciously relying and asking him to lead and guide me in my prayers. Um, otherwise, you open, start opening the doors uh, to, 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 to experiences and maybe things that he had no that has nothing to do with him. Um, 
Again, I, I'm open certainly to any other suggestions. Some some have suggested well, what it means is it means to pray. It means to pray according to God's will. To pray in the Spirit means to pray according to God's will. And he, here's a couple of problems I have with that notion. What will are we talking about? Because we we recognize that the Bible tells us there's several different kinds of wills in God. There's His preceptive will, where He tells us, you know, don't steal. That's his will. It's, it's a precept. It's a teaching. He has his, what's called, we've talked about this before, his desiderative will, things that he desires. But he doesn't, he desires that we not sin. Is that a desire of God? Is that his will, that you not sin? Yes, but we still sin. So that's not, that's not a, it's not just a precept of will, but that's his will of desire. He desires that we not sin, but we still do. So it's not his decorative will. His will is, there's another aspect of his will where he decrees certain things to happen. He decreed that Christ would die on the cross. Was there a chance that Jesus wasn't going to die on the cross? No, there was no chance that that was not going to happen. He decreed that that happened. And then, of course, it can't be his hidden will because his hidden will is hidden. We don't know what his hidden will is. We can't pray according to his hidden will. We don't know what his hidden will is. So, so, so the, quite frankly, that, that, that's never made sense to me. I don't know what that means to pray according to his will. Of course we're going to pray according to his will. Now, does that mean that if I, if I start praying Scripture that he has to do it? No, not really. And by the way, most of my prayer requests I can't find in the Bible. Uh, so the best guys I can come up with for me in praying in the Spirit is stopping and recognizing that apart from the Holy Spirit's intercession and help in my prayers, um, that, that, that I, in, in many ways, am just praying on my own. It, it's an invitation it's a, it's, a, it's a recognition that I am dependent upon Him uh, to lead and guide me in my prayers. And then I just start praying, believing that, that that's what He's doing uh, in the Spirit. Um, so, number three, the how of militant prayer. We have pray at all times with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching with all perseverance. There's our third all. Watching with all perseverance. We, we, I was trying to remember when we talked about keeping alert in prayer. And I remember, cause I remember Neil brought up just staying awake, which, I, which is like, I can't remember what message it was that we talked about that. Do you remember? Anyway, there's a, <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a physical aspect to this. We're saying stay awake. This is, you know, Jesus used this with disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, watch with me. Keep alert. Stay awake. Um, so it could be that. It could be this watching, this keeping alert could be, uh, could be physical in the sense of, of staying awake. Uh, it could be um, talking about being perceptively alert. Be, be alert to what's going on around you. Uh, be alert to things you can pray for. Be alert to people you can pray for. Be ready and alert and ready to pray, I think maybe uh, is, is what he's referring to. Regardless of one of those, whether it's physically alert or, or perceptionally alert, the key there is perseverance. Why do we have to persevere in prayer? Why do you think, we, why do you think he has to say, with all perseverance? But why do we have, Why? It's not easy for us. It is contrary, completely contrary to our flesh. It's hard. 
I'm trust me as I've been as I've been endeavoring to to develop a a, a, a more um, fuller a, a fuller prayer life. It's hard because it, first of all, there's no accountability. You guys, you know, would you, would you know whether I'm praying or not? Does anybody know whether you're praying or not? It's so perseverance. It's hard because there's really no accountability. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this is all part of spiritual warfare. Good. Perseverance is we have an enemy who's going to, don't pray today. You know, you're tired. Just go to bed. Uh, or, you know, you're, on, you're driving on your way to work. Don't pray. You're tired. Just go to sleep. Uh, uh, so that's hard because it is spiritual warfare. I mean, that's in the context of what we're talking about. The enemy would like nothing for you to do than to, than to not pray. Why else do we, do we, does he, would he have to say with all perseverance? It's discourage. Why is it discouraging? God's timetable. <laughs> I prayed for an entire week and he hasn't given it to me yet. <laughs> I give up. I give up. I heard a story, George Mueller, obviously, if you've read anything about George Mueller, incredible stories about his prayer life. Um, I read this last week. He prayed for a friend of his for 52 years. And he died before he was praying for his salvation. And the guy came to the Lord after George Mueller died. He never saw it, but he prayed for 52 years. Spiritual warfare means that... um, we're in this for a lifetime. We need to persevere because the, the, the enemy doesn't take any days off. He doesn't take vacations. Um, we're in this for a lifetime. Can, can we last that long? Are we up to that? Are we up? Are you up to praying for the rest of your life? This kind, these kinds of prayers. It's hard. Prayer is the hardest thing I do. Other than chopping the ice in front of my house, my northern exposure house. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Listen, a lot of people say, well, God's sovereign. What's going to happen is going to happen. So why pray? Well, it's interesting. The Bible never treats God's sovereignty that way. Paul and the apostles treated God's sovereignty because God is sovereign. Pray, 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 pray. That was never a reason not to pray. And we prayed for lost. I think this is probably the one area that's hardest, isn't it? We have family and friends that don't know the Lord. We just want to give up. Nothing's happening. There's no way. We say there's no way they'll ever come to know the Lord. Persevere. Persevere. Finally, number four. The who of militant prayer. You're to pray at all times with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Does that mean St. Christopher and St. Michael? And No, saints just means God's people. We're to pray for our fellow soldiers. We have each other's backs. James 5.16 says pray for each other. It's very simple. Pray for each other. This is the part of the intercession that we talked about. In fact, in verse 19, Paul extends the, this, uh, this, this prayer for 18. He says, and pray for me. Since you're praying for other saints, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly 
to make known the mystery of the gospel. So what do we have? We have the what, the when, the how, and the who of militant prayer. If you remember, uh, our first section advocated resistance, not aggression. Our second section advocated sanctification, not confrontation. What I'm saying today is that this text advocates praying to God, not against Satan. There's no teaching, there's no example of anyone praying to Satan in any form or fashion. Um, I, I like what Chuck Swindoll said one time in this respect. He said, there's a name for people who do that. So they're called victims. Um, what is being advocated here is praying to God, not against Satan. Um, Katie, would you put that last slide up for me? I, I, I read this quote in a, in, a, in a book on prayer. Um, Samuel Chadwick um, He was a a pastor in the 19th century, wrote this. Satan dreads nothing but prayer. The church that lost its Christ was full of good works. Uh, And and think of of works and organizations as programs. They they had good programs. According, activities were multiplied. Meditation may be ousted. Programs are increased that prayer may have no chance. Souls may be lost in good works as surely in evil ways. Um, man, what a statement that is. People can, can, can be lost doing good things, doing good church things just as much as bad things. The one concern of the devil is to keep the saints from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, or prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Um, and what it's going to require is, as I'm finding out, a really a fundamental reorientation of our time. This has got to be a priority. Um, what I'm doing is I'm starting small, doing little things, and then I'll build on those. Um, reading a book on break on habits, um, you make one percent uh, improvement per month, per week. You just did per week. You make fifty percent improvement over this period of a year. Start small, but what can you start doing to become more involved in spiritual warfare in our only offensive weapon, which is prayer? Um, praying at all times with all prayers and supplications. Keeping watch with all perseverance and praying for all the saints. Let's pray. In fact,